Hello, and welcome to Smashed Prawns in a Milky Basket, a podcast about the work of comedy writer, performer, director, and all-round genius, Julia Davis. I'm Sophie Davis, no relation, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest to talk about a different show created by Julia Davis. This is part two of my conversation with Miles Chapman about human remains, so if you haven't already listened to part one, please go back and listen to that one first. So episode four is Straight as a Flute, yep. which is Tony and Beverly. Uh, mm-hmm. um, in the commentary, Rob Ryden said he wasn't really sure about this episode, but apparently Michael Palin and Dale Winton both told him that they liked it. <laughs> Really? That's interesting. Where did you get all this information? Oh, it's on the, the commentary. Uh, on the commentary. Yeah. I should, do you know what? I, I It's been a while since I watched I watched the DVD uh, end of last week again, because it's been a little while since I've seen it. And I should have watched it with the commentary. It actually, is funny because, because they actually, recorded more, it, yeah. you know, when DVD came out, which was yeah. like 2002, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So it's pre them becoming really big and, yes you know yeah, it's very interesting yeah it's and they are it's they're weirdly critical of the series because yeah. there are certain episodes where one of them will just go oh it's lost its steam a bit now hasn't it and they yeah. genuinely mean it and you're yeah. like no it's amazing it's it is amazing so... obviously very you know very critical of each you know of, of themselves and the series yeah. but it's um yeah god sorry uh you're straight as a fluke yeah yes but he, rob ryan said he wasn't that sure about this episode but I, I think it's really funny I, I love the obsession with the neighbours yeah. that is so funny to me it's just a running joke but it's just funny every time I think mm. they're like staring out of the window going, yeah. just saying things like oh yeah you put your cardigan on yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just such, they're just living their lives and they're just judging them constantly yeah. they the devil's got them because yeah. of yeah because they're not they're that sort of couple where they think if you're not religious you're you're in league with the devil yeah, rather like than even, you're just not religious, yeah. you know. Even though they say they actually met and they were both into Satanism at the time. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they haven't been into Christianity the whole time, but now yeah. they're judging other people harshly for it. I think he says something like, oh, you know, it's just two sides of the same yeah. coin. They're, you know, looking in the garden, just being like, that's satanic. That is that um, way they've got their flowers arranged. I know, yeah. There's flowers on the roof of the garage. I, I expect a weird serpent carried them up. It's yeah. just so bizarre. And ironically, they're the ones who are the horrible neighbours because they've got these dogs just barking all the I time. I know, they're hideous. I actually have all the characters, I find them, and not this is not a criticism, the most unlikable. They're very sort of in their own world, yeah, aren't and, they? and that's not a criticism. That's not like, oh, that they failed there because they're not likeable. I think that's probably a clever trick. They're just fucking horrible yeah. just sort of people that I just have like you know with the other characters there's, there's some you know not with Flick Flick's horrible but with Peter there's a yeah. sense of well you want to give him a cuddle don't mm. you and with um, Swingers are Swingers you know there's a sense of innocence about them you know um, and uh, the same with um, with Shell Shell yeah, you know yeah. but these two are just horrible mm-hmm. really really horrible very kind of dismissive like he yeah. says at one point to be with her, he just walked out on his whole family in the night. Yeah. I know, and has no regrets. So where's the where's the Christianity in that? You know, yeah. it's it, it's it's um, it's loving. They feel, uh, you know, that there's no. 
I don't know if you get a sense of the. I always get a sense of that they're they're very much on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like the others, there's always there's a bit of a pecking order. One's above the other slightly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe exception of the swingers, but there's like a high low status. Thing yeah, going but on with in them, they feel them. like they're in they're a horrible cold united force, both embittered by the same things. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. And they're hounding they? this vicar yeah. who has clearly moved away to get away from them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, they're yeah. still, they're driving half an hour to go to his house every day yeah, with yeah. The, the, the curly sausage casserole, Yeah, <laughs> um, which that seems quite a Julia Davis thing as well. Like yeah. she likes a weird food, like the smashed prawns in a milky basket and yeah. the, in camp. And I think there was like a trotter platter. That's and right. She seems to like that sort of weird yeah. dish. Curly sausage, yeah. Taking Beautiful. it around every yeah. day, and they're calling him all the time, leaving messages. At one point, they're having a picnic on their lawn, yeah, <laughs> like just setting up. And you see the, I think you see the curtain twitch at that point, where the vicar is like, "Just go away." Yeah, absolutely. And he, li- he lives with a man as well, doesn't he? And they're adamant that he can't be gay. And that's where the straight as a flute comment comes yeah. in, saying, "Oh, you straight as a flute? They uh, share a home because they're close in Christ." <laughs> Yeah, so the refusal to believe that anyone could be gay, and that's that's uh, you know a dreadful, dreadful thing that someone um, could be that way. That's, uh, there's a lot of people like that now. Mm. I think sadly, not not just Christians either. That you know can't believe that that is a thing. It's terrible. Um, yeah, it's that those characters are just awful, awful people. Um, and you know they'd be the worst parents in the world. They'd be, oh my goodness me, just hideous. They're obsessed with the fact that their neighbour's depressed as well. Yeah. Oh, he's he's off work with depression. Yeah, not too depressed to lie in bed all day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So all, all the things I hate, you know, the sort of they're sort of homophobic. They don't believe in mental illness. They don't. You know, oh, it's just awful. My favourite one is. Um, they say again, oh, he's off work with depression. Not too depressed to get Sky Digital. <laughs> 76 <laughs> channels of hell, 24 hours a day, every one of them run by Satan. And that's when he starts shouting, turn it down <laughs> through the walls. And oh, there's the telephone again, wailing away. Yeah. Sometimes it's friends or family. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Just, oh, that's them going out again next door. Yeah. Like they're just living their lives, just listening through the walls and... They go on holiday at one point, don't they? And say, oh, it's the best night's sleep we've had in ages. But yeah. then they've got these dogs. dogs. Just, just bark and bark and bark. And the neighbours aren't doing anything wrong. They're just, you know. And then they kill the neighbour's dog as yeah. well while they're on holiday. Oh, God. Saw it limping in the garden. So I crushed up some paracetamol and put it out of its misery. And he keeps saying, like, I won't see a dog limping. But yeah, they are. I hadn't thought about that before. But yeah, they are the most kind of hateable characters. Yeah, there's no, I don't think there's anything redeeming about them at all. Um, I, yeah, I find them immensely unlikable. But like I say, I don't think that's a bad thing. That, that that episode, more than anything, leaves a very nasty taste in my mouth. And, and that's a good thing, I think. You know, I come out and think, oh, God, you know. Um, but yeah, it's funny. It's very funny because the, the lines are so harsh and dark. Like you say, the, the dog... With the paracetamol, oh, is yeah. well, in fact there was a, there was a line in Lee and so referring Lee and Dean, the <laughs> line in Lee and Dean where Dean says, "When I'm really drunk, he wants for a dog against the wall." Oh yeah, you know, and that we we got complaints over that. And yeah, because and yeah, people some people think it's a laugh, don't they? Yeah. And and like, no. So you got to point out that a it's a comedy, b it's not real life, 
and we didn't do that <laughs> to, to make the series. You know, it's like people take things so literally and seriously. Um, it's it's fantasy. We're saying it because it's so shocking and we're saying it in... That's one of the great things. And I imagine that Rob and Julia found this as well when they did uh, Human Remains is that when you create a character, you can get away with so much more. You can be as horrible as you like. You can be as homophobic or as uh, racist to a point, I think, because if you've got the the character, you're not saying it's not me, it's... The character is like, that's how the character is. And I, I remember I've got some very good advice from um, Jeff Posner, who uh, runs uh, Positive Production with Dave Tyler. They've done everything. They've done um, Victoria Wood and they did some early stuff with Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're, they're brilliant. And um, I remember them saying, always own, don't own a character at arm's length. Always own that language. Don't worry about, you know, if, if that character would say that that's how... They say it, mm-hmm. but there are people who find that immensely offensive. I'm not saying that, you know, racism and homophobia yeah. is, is hideous. It's a vile, vile thing. But the reality is, is that there are people in this world that are like that. There yeah. absolutely are. And if you make it funny, you're ultimately taking the piss out of those people saying that they're wrong. I think that's the difference is whether yeah. you're, you're laughing at the characters and you're, you're not on their side. You're not laughing at the joke. Them. You're laughing how ridiculous, how horrible they are. And that's it's the shock, the shock value of, of the image of someone throwing a dog against the wall because they're pissed. It's so horrible and so shocking. It's the same thing with crushing up the parasite. Yeah. I suspect they've probably got complaints about that and points of view or something, but it's not real. Points of view at the time. Do you remember yeah, that? Would have been yeah. Anne Robinson, wouldn't it? I think probably. <laughs> and there's a weird little running joke in this episode that's so stupid where he keeps he keeps asking if what they're eating is rabbit. Yeah, and that's she, right. She has mints. And one of them yeah, mints, yeah. Plowmans. Plowmans, yeah. <laughs> not rabbit. Not rabbit at all. Yeah. Very bizarre. And they keep mentioning his ex-wife as well, yeah. who fell down some stairs. And he says, oh, you know, we just drifted. And at the end of the day, she had more in common with other paraplegics. <laughs> <laughs> just so dismissive of this, his past family yeah. who he's just left. For some reason, he's telling the church group at one point uh, that she had a very early menopause. And he says, oh, it was difficult for me. Uh, I'm not going to go into too, too many details, but uh, what I will say is you can't have a roast dinner without the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> to this church yeah. group. Yeah. Uh, and I think Julia's character in this is a little bit like a sort of proto-Jill Tyrrell because she's got that West Country yes, accent. Yes, absolutely. The yeah. church group. And she's yeah. also a hairdresser. Yeah. And she dyes that old woman's hair bright yeah. red. It's horrible. I think. Oh, aubergine, as she calls yeah. it. And I love it as well when they've cut to the table and her hair's been done as that little... That little cutaway of her just sitting there with this really shit head. <laughs> it's very, very funny. And it, I love there's that scene in the kitchen. See, for me, some of the comedies are just the minutiae. Rob's just sort of just going around and just, and he says, uh, for a small kitchen, you've got a lot of story space. <laughs> just, it's such a pointless comment, but mm. it's beautiful. You know, it's, yeah, it's lovely. And when her husband dies as well, uh, she tells him and he goes, that's oh, not what you would have wanted. No. <laughs> Just the fact that he died. <laughs> nice. What would she have wanted? Yeah, yeah. It's um, they're all brilliant. They're all amazing episodes. Like I say, uh, favorite is um, oh, all over my all glasses. glasses. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, this I find 
I love it, but I find it, you know, the one that leaves a nasty taste in my mouth because they're just despicable people. Yeah, and the ending as well is that he, he's he been for some tests and his heart is fine, but he does have testicular cancer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it is kind of like, because yeah. I guess because those characters haven't been likable, that ending is almost it's kind, kind of, of like... You think, well, they kind of deserve that, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, and I, there's that sort of sense as well that what I don't like about it is I just think they're so resolutely right. Yeah. No, no sway yeah. or bend in them at all. It's it comes hideous. up within a lot of Julia Davis's yeah. stuff as well. She uses it a lot. Yeah, yeah, she said in interviews that her parents were quite religious. Okay, so that, I think that must be where it comes from. But yeah, pretty much all of her shows, there is mm. at least one character who's yeah. very religious. I hate <laughs> it when people use it as an excuse for mm-hmm. their behaviour. Yeah, and that's a get out. Mm-hmm. I know, I don't give a shit. You're just a horrible, horrible person. You know, it's yeah, nothing to do with that. Devout Christians, and yeah. they just have no sympathy for their neighbour no, <laughs> whatsoever. It's, it's horrible, isn't it? And yet that is that goes against what Christianity should be. It should be about everyone and everything. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Very interesting. So the next one is Hairless, which is the, the singer who thinks she's like this serious sort of artist, but she just sings covers of Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, I know, it's brilliant. So look, I was going to, before I forget, because I want to, Drop this in. I made a note of this. The Fonty Bund Band Live. Yes. I, I thought you were probably going to mention that. That was an extra on the 2003 DVD yeah. release, I think. So yeah. it was never actually officially part of the series. It was just like an extra, an extra episode. An extra like episode that they long, sort of, yeah. yeah, just bunged it onto the... But it's kind of linked to that, isn't it? So I'll just sort of mention and that. And it is quite a different style. It... It, now, here's the interesting thing. It feels like it's so distinct and so different. It doesn't feel like it's part of that series. Mm-hmm. Even though it's them and it's kind of, it just yeah. feels like very, makes me feel a bit odd watching it because it feels like yeah. they say it's part of it, but it's kind of not. I don't find, it's not that funny compared to the series. No, it's not. It's, it's not it's, bad or anything, no, but it's just. It's not um, as funny. It's not as funny. I don't think that perhaps in the same space when they made it, maybe, I don't know, but it doesn't feel, doesn't feel as acid sharp as the others. And I'm not sure what the whole setup actually was because it's them doing a concert, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it seems like they've kind of jumped in on someone else's concert like he's let them do the warm-up for it but like were that audience there to see that guy and then they just got this random i'm not sure what the setup was whether because i assume they didn't get like a whole audience in just to shoot this thing like so i I can imagine that would have been quite weird if you were part of if anyone's listening it was part of that why why am i watching this why have i paid 25 pounds and this is this is in front of me yeah Yeah, because they wouldn't have known it was characters unless they told them in advance like oh we're shooting yeah well they did i'll tell you where i've just sorry to digress but um Comic strip stuff. Do you, do you ever know anything a about that? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So the that was sort of uh, early, mid to late, well, throughout the eighties, basically. And um, there's some fantastic stuff. There was one pastiche piss take of a metal band called Bad News. There was right, two yeah. they did. The first one and the second one, uh, they started getting a bit of a following, and they got a record deal. And they played Castle Donington, and they were absolutely awful. But they got introduced. And because the stage was so far away from the audience, they didn't realise that it was Rick Mayle and Alien oh, and, right. and Nigel Planer and et cetera, Peter Richardson. So they came on, they just got they just got introduced as bad news and they got 
absolutely murdered by oh, the or- like bottles of piss and like, it was really bad really bad the audience just went mental because they were so awful <laughs> so it just reminds me of that you know these audience thinking well what's what's this I didn't pay to come and see this nonsense so it's uh, quite interesting yeah it's very strange yeah she says about the whole Alanis Morissette thing I mean all I'm taking is the lyrics and the tune <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful isn't it and I think I'm not sure if we hear the director speak in any other episodes I'm not sure if we do but in this one he says to her at one point and you feel completely comfortable describing them as your songs and she just looks at him like he's an idiot and goes I feel completely comfortable describing them as my songs Chris yeah. she's like what are you not getting yeah, these it's... are my songs these are my children yeah. it's so bizarre she says oh I, I do dangerous stuff up there sometimes it looks like I've fallen off stage but that isn't the case <laughs> it's just so bizarre and I'm, I'm, the other thing I wanted to mention about this it, it kind of resonates me with this a little bit this episode or well, quite a bit actually because I'm, I'm a drummer as well so right, I've drummed okay. in bands for years on and off I've been in originals bands I've been in covers bands blah 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 etc uh, but the covers bands thing is is the thing that interests me because I was, I've been in a couple of bands one specifically I won't mention the name of them um, and I won't mention the name of the singer either there was a lady who joined the band and it was all covers mm-hmm. so not our music and we were just copying other people's music and we would do like weddings and social clubs and you know celebrations or what have you so nothing to get too excited about excuse me it was for the fun of playing and getting paid a couple of hundred quid each to play a gig but I'm done but she took it so seriously <laughs> as if those songs were penned by her and oh, she would lose God. it on stage and it was just so it reminds me of someone who's doing someone else's songs but taking it so seriously as if, like you say, they're their babies and they've written them. And it was a similar thing. It was just insane, insane she levels of... going on about, you know, creativity and it's so important oh, to me. Yeah. Uh, and she's made an album and like, oh, I, I'd never release it with one of the major labels. Like She's yeah, just yeah. so deluded. And then Barn, her partner, is just... You get. He says at one point that he used to be a singer-songwriter too, but then he's taken this job at a car dealership to basically support her. And <laughs> he's so dismissive of him as well. Like She's moved on. She's got um, Su- Susan now, where he just keeps saying Susan, <laughs> every, Susan yeah. every single time. <laughs> it's so weird. And because you, you feel sorry for him, but also he is quite repulsive. Yeah, <laughs> he's horrible. That I, apparently Rob Brydon would put the contact lens in differently every like day or whatever so the eye always is facing different directions and <laughs> he's addicted to masturbating he says it's just his hobby it's what yeah. he does to relax at one point we see him in the car dealership and he's like coming out of his office like wiping his hands and then he goes and shakes a customer's I hand know. Oh, oh it's horrible God. yeah and at one point he's like meditating yeah. rocking back and forth and like yeah. getting off on it He's got an obsession with going to, is it Barnstaple? That's right. Because he was conceived there. (laughs) Not even that he was born there, he was conceived there. And he's been living in the UK for 10 years and he only just now feels ready to go to (laughs) Barnstaple. And here's the thing. So again, as, as, as couples, they are, I think he's pretty rotten, but I think I feel sorry for her. I, I, although I think she's just, she just got such a low opinion of herself, I think, underneath mm-hmm. that she sort of props herself up by doing other people's. So I, the sense of me, it feels a bit sorry for her. Yeah, because even at the end of the episode, when she's doing a gig with Susan, yeah. she's singing a song 
that Barn had written earlier in the episode, yeah. the the eating the mouse song. Yeah. So it's not even she's just going to steal other people's songs. I know, yeah. and you get the feeling she must know at the end of the day she's probably heading for a fall. You know, it's not going to happen, but she just truly believes that she's gonna she's gonna make it, and yeah, you know, equipped with no talent or. <laughs> Or anything, you know. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I wouldn't say it's my least favourite. It's the one I go to less. Yeah, I'd say the same. I've got less notes for this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I go. I just go to it less. It's not because I don't like it. It is funny. I think it is funny. I just. I just don't. You know, I don't watch it as much as the others. So I know less about it. I know enough, but I know I'm not as forensic. Like I can't quote line after line after line like the other stuff. You know, so I do like the name of her manager is uh, David Thommelteat. Yeah. Which they keep saying over and over again. And at one point they're in his car and he's got a picture of a beef eater, but he pronounces it like Buffita. Just he is a very strange character. Yeah. He said, I think in the commentary, that the voice a little bit like Woody Allen-ish, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very uncomfortable character. And obviously at the end they go to where he was conceived. Yeah. I think when I first watched it, I for some reason, I thought it was like a hotel, but I think it is just a woman's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just let them in for some reason. They've gone up to the bedroom. He gets in the bed and is like sobbing and going, I'm sorry, mum, and like starts masturbating. Oh, God, I know. I know. It's, um, it's, it's, it, uh, there's something about it. I, I do like it. There's something about that one that I find ever so slightly the least believable and I don't yeah. know why I think because a bit the characters the characters are sort of American as well it feels yeah. a bit more it's, yeah it just yeah. feels slightly like mm, you may be pushing it only ever so slightly and I think it's because it, it's not it, 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 it's not meant to be disparaging about it because it's still a brilliant piece of work I just think it's because the others are so rooted in reality and feel so real that that feels a little bit just out there compared yeah. with the others so that's that's probably why so I think maybe when that's... I was watching it with the commentary, Julia Davis did say she thinks it's a different style of humour this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd so agree with that. they were able to identify that at the time. But yeah, I do still like it, but not... Oh yeah, absolutely. Not, I'm not sure if this would be anyone's favourite, yeah. really. But yeah, yeah, the whole Alanis Morissette thing is so funny to me. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. It is It is brilliant that someone... And I get, you know, that did resonate with me, someone that was I worked with in a covers band that took it so, so seriously. And it's like, look, we're just playing people's at other people's songs at other people's weddings. Just fucking chill out, for goodness <laughs> sake, you know. It's, it's, it's not the bloody X Factor, you know. We haven't got CBS or Sire Records sitting there waiting to sign us up. <laughs> really don't worry about it, you know. So um, the final episode is More Than Happy. Yeah. And I think this might be my favourite one. Uh, that's interesting because it's a close second for me. When I watched the whole series for the first time, it wasn't automatically my favourite, but I yeah. feel like the more times I've watched it, the more I've thought, okay, I think this might be like a masterpiece because yeah. it's just so, so bleak, but funny. And then there are moments in it that are actually quite moving, a little and bit A little bit uplifting as well, in yeah. a way. Uh, you know, I found it quite life-affirming that despite Ray being in this perpetual funk of depression, that Les is there for her and, and supports he just wants her, her to be happy. Be happy. Yeah. And he just he's so lovely about her all the time. It's the complete opposite to the other sort of male dominated characters where she's well, apart from with Flick and Pieces kind of reversed, but um he's just so so lovely about her and so optimistic about life, regardless of how much shit's thrown at them and her. He's just ultimately completely optimistic. 
He's always I, singing. And... Always singing, always thinking, oh, it will all work out. You know, it's it's yeah. lovely. And these little songs he makes up are just ridiculous. In fact, on the outtakes, there's there's, there's dozens of the buggers. There's, yeah, yeah, there's about 20 minutes or yeah. something. So many, yeah. But um, he, yeah, he's like going down to the beach at 4 a.m., to get shells for her every day yeah. so she can do this awful art. I know, it's hard. But it's lo- isn't that lovely, though? He just yeah. loves her so much. What I love as well is that she <laughs> she's so depressed that she hasn't bothered to touch up the grey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she's been so low recently yeah. that the grey has is about sort of two inches either side of the parting. It's it's lovely. Yeah. It's he, lovely. You get the impression he would, he'd just do anything her. There's a bit where he's looking at her through the window, just watching her going, oh, I'm still as in love with her as I ever was. And I know. It's kind of like it could, that bit could have been a bit mushy, but it doesn't feel that way. It just feels yeah. sort of a little bit heartbreaking. It is. Uh, the bras as well. I love the scene yeah, the with the bras. The shop is Then the random so nonsense. It's a flower shop and then they get yeah bras, sandwiches, piercings piercings and, and he keeps saying things like oh you know we, we get plenty of passing trade but that's what they do they pass we we really need stopping trade <laughs> it's oh bless them and and the, the sort of the, 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 I made a note of this actually because I, I remember sort of seeing that at the time and thinking oh and he says it but again it's that arm's length thing where he says about uh, about the healthy gay scene he goes well not actually healthy because oh, yeah. a lot of them have got HIV and you know, it's kind of like it's a horrible thing to say, but that's that's what Les would say because yeah. he's Les. He didn't mean any harm. He's just being that's in his head. That is the right thing to say, and that yeah. doesn't doesn't feel like that's offensive. It's just he's not saying it to be offensive. He's saying because that's what he believes. Because they're in Brighton, aren't they? And they can't. Yeah. They just can't understand why all these gay men in Brighton aren't coming to their shops. Swoop, to buy flowers. All, all the stuff is like brilliant for gays. <laughs> you know, it's like piercings and flowers and 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 <laughs> shells and bras and flowers. You know, um, and the uh, the thing about um, uh, his sister and uh, and Ray and giving oh, her the yeah. eye across the table at Christmas. Oh. God, it's just, yeah, it's it's fascinating. And the big moment comes sort of about halfway in where he says, oh, I think you've got to say we've been very happy. I mean, apart from losing the twins, obviously. Yeah. And it's like up until that point, you've seen that Ray is just obviously depressed. And then you hear that and you're like, oh, okay. That's why she's like she is, yeah. And it's, it's very, very vague as well. You don't really, you can't really figure out what happened. Yeah. But he says things like, oh, that ruffled a lot of feathers at the time. Smashing kids, but when you got to go, you got to go. And you, you're you not sure if it's an accident. Yeah. Because he says things like, oh, there were questions coming thick and fast. What did you do? Where were you? I don't know. I don't keep a diary. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So maybe he did something. Uh, it's just so weird. And it is, it's that point when, I, but when that happens, I thought to myself, perhaps there's, or perhaps I'm reading too much into it, but perhaps he thought he, he just couldn't deal with the trauma of that too much. So he just carried on being Les and being optimistic and, and, and then she would just, so he never really talked to her about what had happened. Mm-hmm. So he sort of just carried on being optimistic about everything. Oh, it's awful, but let life carries on. Whereas she's in this awful depressive fugue, you know, and he just sort of thinks, oh, it's fine. So he's he just sort of brushed around it as if, like, that's what life does to you sometimes. you just got to move forward rather than actually de- dealing with it. Yeah, you know? when you've got to go, you've got to go. You go exactly. It's that sort of attitude. It's mad, isn't it? And, of course, 
the comb over is just monumental in that. I love it. Yeah. It's my favourite. I know the comb over in Slytherin's great, but that is an absolute belter of a comb over. It's really, really cool. It's brilliant. There's a bit on the beach as well, thinking about him just brushing things aside where he says to her, are you happy? And she says, no, he says, what are you thinking about? And she says, taking my own life. And he goes, that's it, onward and up. <laughs> I know. It's completely just not hearing her. No, except that's the thing. So I think that's like when she lost the twins, he probably just sort of went, oh, that's awful. And then the following day is like, right, we've got to move on. I'll go and, go and open the shop up. You know, it's that, isn't it? There's a conversation about their sex life as well, where she says that she likes to violate him anally multiple times a week. And he says, well, after what I put her through, it's the least I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and and he says as well like oh I don't think she even enjoys it really and she says it's the one thing in life I look forward to <laughs> I know it's just again there's that dark really sinister dark edge isn't there around what they get up to under the surface you know and uh, yeah it's 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 a lovely it's a it's a it's a masterpiece isn't it really because he comes up with the idea of this cruise doesn't he yeah. like that's gonna solve everything but yeah. it ends up being a super sea cat yeah <laughs> and maybe not a cruise maybe just a, a slow ferry yeah and when they go on the cruise he basically has to drag her there she's downing wine she doesn't want to go and then when they're on the boat he kind of drops in very very casually that he's basically saved her a few days earlier from trying to kill herself. And like in a very dismissive way, like it was anything. Oh, it just happens all the time. You yeah. know, she was fighting me off. It's awful. And it's like, you know, he's in to say you'd never sort of got the help that she needs. She needs obviously to go on meds to have a chat with someone. It just, it's like, no, you've got me. You don't need all that. You've got Les. She says she's it's got the, tinnitus as well at yeah, some point I know, as well. Yeah. And he starts making the noise, how yeah. he imagines it sounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's very funny. There's, um, Julia Davis, I love her use. Her name's Ray, isn't it? What's yeah. The, does they have surnames in that? I don't know. I don't think so. Not that I Because I know she she has lots of use of names, and I think the favourite name she ever had, I think it was in Jam, where she was called Tanya Heesman. <laughs> it's just Heesman. It's such an amazing surname. I love their use of like Les and Ray. It's a beautiful yeah. Beautiful use, that sort of unisex name for a woman, Ray. Is, of course she's called Ray. Mm-hmm. It's I great. Think in the videos of them improvising, I think it's this one actually, where he comes up with a name on the spot and I think it's Les and yeah. you can hear her off camera going, that sounds right, that's a good name. Like, yeah. like He's just come up with it as he's being the character, like Les. Les, and they, they, gas they, it's gas fitter, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah, British gas. British and she, gas. And she was a receptionist. Yeah. And the episode ends, I think it's just heartbreaking when they're on the boat and he says a final little, oh, are you happy teacup? And she just goes, no. And he's like, yeah, that's it. More than happy. Uh, but you can see he has a little flicker in his face that he, it isn't all okay. Yeah, like the only yeah. moment really where yeah. you see something in his face where he isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And there's that, that, that lovely little moment as well when uh, they practice buying and selling the flowers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Reuse the paper. Oh, God. Keep the change, you know. So. Yeah. All they've got on the till is like a check that he's written to himself. I know. <laughs> I know. A daff- oh. As someone comes in for a... A wreath, and they get that wrong. It's a da- they want a daffodil wreath. I yeah. think, uh, yeah, I think that is my favorite episode. I love it. So, in terms of the future of it, we've already mentioned it a little yeah. bit before in the Telegraph interview that came out a few days ago. He says he does still see Julia quite often, and mm-hmm. they 
often come up with little characters and ideas and stuff, but not he doesn't say specifically yeah. human remains. And he says as well that Steve Coogan's always telling me that I should do more character stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that would be good. I would like to see him. Oh, doing it'd be amazing. Sort of I think you know. I, I think it's. Uh... And I don't think they should compromise on if they were to redo it, trying to make it popularist. I think they should just do it as they want to do it. I think it would you know, be interesting because I, I think a lot of people, if they did redo it, would come to it from a point of, oh, they're from Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, and, and then be really surprised yeah. as to what what they're actually they're doing. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I know a yeah. worrying amount of people who know Julia Davis as Dawn from Gavin and Stacey, yeah. and that's it. Absolutely. And, and him, Rob, Bry- Lauren, Rob Brighton's Bryn. So, yeah. yeah, and he does 8 out of 10 Cunard adverts. But would I lie to you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, would I lie to you? Sorry, that's Jimmy Carr. I was <laughs> 8 out of 10. Um, yeah, so there you go. Any last things about the series uh, as a whole you oh want to God. say? Oh, God. Well, all I would say is, you know, um, can you, you can get it on Amazon, can't you? Is, is it available? Probably. I know it's I've, on YouTube. You can buy the episodes, can't you? Yes, yeah. and DVD, obviously. DVD, yeah. But yes, it's uh, go and watch it because it's absolutely brilliant. It's amazing. Uh, I'd recommend it to anyone. It still influences me hugely. Um, yeah. And it gave me the gumption and, and the, the will to want to go out and do comedy more. I think influence would make me do more comedy because I always wanted to do character-based stuff. And um, it made me think, oh, yeah, I can do this. And this, this, you know, it, it, yes, um, it's, it's been a, it was a massive turning point for me when I saw it. So it changed, in a lot of ways, it changed my life because it, yeah. it, it, you know, I've always loved comedy, but that was the moment I saw something and thought, oh my God, that is a, because I, I loved Mike Lee so much, especially mm-hmm. the early stuff. Like, meantime, God, that's a, relentlessly grim film but it's funny as well and uh, you know The Human Remains just seemed to echo a lot of that and I thought oh my god someone's made something that's really on my wavelength so can people still watch Lee and Dean on yeah, all, no, they, all uh, four? they can uh, yes it's available on all four or both series are on there um, is there anything else you want to plug you, you've got a podcast as we well got, yeah? yes a podcast um, called If You're Happy and You Know It which is myself Ricky Grover and Sam Underwood it's a monthly podcast about uh, mental health and, uh, it's very funny as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's meant to be funny. Uh, we're, we're all sufferers, three of us, um, and continue to be. Uh, but, you know, it's it's good to be have make it a bit of fun and be a bit irreverent around it because I think that's how it loses its power. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smashed Prawns in a Milky Basket. You can find us on Twitter at Julia Davis QOTD, and you can find me at It's Sophie Davis. This podcast was edited by Alex Bondek with original music by Martin Ford and Matt Bond. 